You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. I've never actually heard that song. I really... Wait, you've never I dug heard that? my key into the side of his pretty little souped up four-wheel drive. Carved my name into his leather seat. This is all staying. Yes. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the OKC82 podcast on this lovely but freakishly cold Thursday night. Uh, and the Thunder were in San Antonio, maybe a little bit warmer than we were, but... Not too warm because they did fall to the San Antonio Spurs at 121 to 112. They snap a two-game losing streak and they still haven't won a game on the road. Brady, what's up? Two-game winning streak. That's yeah, that's exciting stuff. It's warmer probably in San Antonio, but boy, did that offense go cold in the third quarter, Madison? Go. The story of this game is simple. Lamarcus Aldridge, if he played against the Thunder every single day of his life. We wouldn't be saying Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We wouldn't be saying Michael <laughs> Jordan. Hell, we wouldn't even be we wouldn't even be saying Hashim Thabit. We would be saying Lamarcus Aldridge is the greatest human being ever to live, ever. Ever to live, ever. The San Antonio Spurs just mid-ranged the Thunder to death. <laughs> I don't know how I can watch a basketball game where one team scores 120 points. And the other team scores what? What did the what was the final score? One twenty one to one twenty one to one twelve. The other team scores in the one tens, and I go away from that game thinking that was so boring. Yeah, and it was because the Spurs mid range them to death. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Lamarcus Aldridge, obviously a Thunder destroyer. I've seen multiple tweets on this account saying that he is now a Thunder killer. Carson Cunningham from KOCO five. He said that he is now carved into the Mount Rushmore of Thunder Killers along with uh, like Andrew Wiggins and J.J. Barea. And For just... a time, it was um, Amon Shumpert last oh, year. Amon Shumpert. Um, Eddie House had it, Eddie House back in the day. Man, good uh, stuff. Uh, Gerald Green had 40 points. Just ew. Ew, yeah. Just a major of... ew tonight. LaMarcus Aldridge, he was 19 of 23 from the field. He was 0 of 1 from the three-point line, but who cares? Because he actually destroyed them in the paint tonight. Yeah, it, for him. it was the duel of the mid-range four. Like, because Gallinari had a really good... He had his Dang, per, he had, his highest scoring game as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Really um, good. What was it, 22 points? 27. 27 points, excuse me. Goodness. Um, he had 27 points. His shot, like, he just everything he was throwing up. He was throwing stuff off of, off of one leg. He mm-hmm. was throwing stuff up, um, kind of... He'd take a... He would jump... Somebody would jump, like Patty Mills jumped right in front of him. And as he was coming down, he like cocked it, held onto it, and then threw it up and it went in. It was just Gallo's night. But um, outside of him, SGA was going a little early. Looked like he was going to have another, you know, 20 point performance. And he might have, he might have finished with 20, like what did he finish with? 21. 21 points. Um, He cooled off Mm -hmm. in the middle, mid part of the game. The Thunder actually led going into halftime, they were down three. At the end of the first quarter, thanks to a silly Chris Paul uh, three-point shot at the buzzer that went in. Uh, but the Thunder really got going in the second quarter. Offense was humming. Defense was especially humming in the first six minutes of the second quarter. I think they held the Spurs to five or six points in that time period. Really allowed the Thunder to take control of the game. 
Um, but then in, in the third quarter, it was just kind of like the Houston game a few weeks ago where um, the off it looks like it's going to be like this is going to be a solid road victory against a quality opponent. And then the third quarter happens. Chris Paul talked about it to us, in the, um, not to you because you were actually here um, in the locker room after the Orlando game where he pointed out, yeah, that for whatever reason, like we've just had bad third quarters. So, I mean, I guess chalk it up to an experience, chalk it up to a bunch of guys that haven't played with each other, but this is the seventh game of the year. Um, once you get into like the 10 game, 11 game mark, that's when you can start not using that excuse anymore because you've had a ton of practices. You've had a a training camp, a preseason, and then over 10 games. Like you're going to need to start figuring out how to play with each other. And that excuse won't matter anymore. No, I agree. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a problem for them last season too, even though they did have a whole new set of guys, it was Bad third quarters really always crept up to get them, and that did that today or tonight also because it's just you know they had kind of a comfortable flow going in the first half. They were they were able to get stuff done, feed off of each other, and then all of a sudden they allowed San Antonio to get super hot. And I believe San Antonio, yeah, they outscored uh, Oklahoma City thirty six to twenty seven in the third quarter. And I feel like every single time, regardless of who is on this roster, anytime Oklahoma City gets severely outscored uh, by the opposing team in the third quarter, it's just donezo because they. They're not proving that they're able to fight back. We've seen them uh, at least like have close games. They're able to fight back. They're able to do some pretty good stuff going in to kind of like the crunch time and like the final moments of the game. But they either let it go and get out of control in the third quarter and then they can't pick up the pieces or they're able to at least keep it close in the third quarter, still out- get outscored, and then it stays pretty close until the end where they just let it go. And so both of those scenarios are why the Thunder are having such a hard time right now, especially this season. They did it last season, but now with this with this set of guys, yeah, I, I mean, there's just no excuse right now. I, I think, I don't know, seven games in, I guess it's still technically early in the season, but you, I agree with you, Brady. You can't exactly pinpoint it on, oh, it's still early, you know, still getting to feel each other out on the court, still getting to learn each other's playing styles. Like, no, like they went through training camp, they've had practices, they have shoot-arounds, they do a lot of stuff together, and now it's just kind of, hey, we need to stop letting – abysmal third quarters happen and then having to fight to clean up the pieces because when we can't that's like obviously this is going to happen tonight yeah this wasn't all their fault but that bad third quarter to me was really highlighted by the fact that um at one point billy had the all bench lineup of you had dennis schroeder terrence or not exactly all bench because terrence ferguson is out there but if terrence ferguson is your lone starter with the rest of these guys i'm about to name offensively you're going to be hurting but you had Dennis Schroeder out there at, at the one, Terrence Ferguson at the two, Hamadou Diallo at the three, who actually had a really good yeah. two-way game tonight, and we'll get to that later. Uh, Darius Baisley at the four, who I believe was scoreless. He was 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 from the three-point line. Um, and then you have Nerlens Noel at the five. Uh, that's a lineup that Billy threw that out there to try and stop the scoring by San Antonio. He tried to stop them with length and athleticism. And typically, historically... That's how the Thunder have defeated the Spurs in their offensive system is just try to out-athlete them. So I kind of understand it in that respect, but it was just the Spurs' night. Everything they were shooting, especially in Marcus Aldridge, um, Forbes, Patty Mills, everything was just going in no matter what the Thunder were going to do. And you have that defensive lineup out there. If they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're not going to give you something on the offensive end. So um, at the beginning of the third quarter, it seemed like the starters were able to kind of match the Spurs at least. You know, they, they might have been trading threes for or twos for threes, but they're still scoring. When they go out and that 
bad lineup comes back out mm-hmm. there, the scoring goes away, and that's when the game really got out of hand and it got away from them. I mean, the Thunder were able to get it a little close in the fourth quarter. I believe they were at one point down by six points. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 a it's a loss on the road. It's disappointing. I didn't expect the Thunder to win this game anyway because I expect the Thunder to win on Saturday, but I was not saying the Thunder are going to have a four-game winning streak. No, I thought that they were <laughs> going to lose tonight, but um, nothing really disappointing in terms of or surprising in that they 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 didn't lose because of some surprising factor that we haven't seen yet. It's been a bunch of the same stuff, but that in and of itself is kind of disappointing because they're they're still making a lot of the same mistakes. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting looking at these stat lines. Um, they pretty much shot about the same way, so I don't even think offense was a big, uh, I, like a big deal for the Thunder tonight. Obvi- I think they did well uh, offensively tonight. I think it just came down to the Spurs getting hot at the exact right moment, and then you know defense for the Thunder not being able to tighten up and take care of it. And so San Antonio shot fifty four percent from the field, forty five from the three point line. The Thunder shot around like 48% if you round up and then about 53% from the field. So it really was about the same. And so, yeah, we, we were just like talking a lot about LaMarcus Aldridge. Of course, he was a huge contributing factor to the Spurs tonight. But I also really do think that it just came down to little moments of this game. And that says a lot because especially in the NBA, if you let a team get way too hot at just one point of the game and they can carry away with it, then that that could be detrimental to the Thunder. And I I mean, I completely agreed. And I think this is a testimony to it. Just because, you know, I thought the Thunder, they were playing well. I thought they were making good adjustments. I thought they had good guys out there on the right guys. I really enjoyed um, watching Danilo Gallinari and guys like Nerlens Noel. I thought had phenomenal games, even though Nerlens, he wasn't exactly high scoring, but I thought he was great defensively. It's just little moments like that that I think the Spurs took advantage of the Thunder at the right moments, and that's that's why they were able to win this game tonight. And so, yeah, I agree with Brady. It's disappointing, but, you know, I think they can take a lot away from this game because different guys, like I've said in previous pods, are stepping up, but now it's kind of like the guys that you expect to step up and take charge of games are starting to do that, especially like Chris Paul. Um, I thought Chris Paul really had a good game. He was 7-14 from the field, 2-14 of or two of four. He didn't take 14 three-pointers in. <laughs> Good God. Um, no, he was two of four from the three-point line. He finished with 19 points. And I thought, you know, he's evolved and evolved and evolved. And I don't want to say he's evolving from nothing because obviously he's a great player who's been in the league forever. But he is starting to really evolve as a Thunder player now. And I, I think he is kind of finding his, his shot now. He's finding his rhythm, even though it's like, about to be eight games in, I think he's really finding a lot um, that's working for him. And it's carrying over to the other guys. It's just, you know, time time is a weird thing. And it's going to be tricky for these guys. But I really do think that uh, different guys are stepping up and they're finding their roles. And now Chris Paul is kind of doing that. So that's, that's good to see. Yeah, and this was a, I guess we can say a good Chris Paul game in terms of his scoring ability. He really kept the Thunder ahead in the first half of the game kept him afloat in the third quarter when he was out there. Then when he goes out, it's kind of when it all went to hell for the Thunder. But um, this is an example of two teams that are probably going to be in the same boat by the end of the year in that they're – I mean, I I hate saying – I hate predicting that the Spurs aren't going to be in the playoffs because they just always are. Mm -hmm. But it's not just me. A lot of people think that the Spurs are probably going to be either the eight seed or out, just, just mainly because the Western Conference is so good. Yeah. So you've got two teams that are probably going to have the same result the end, by the end of the year. 
but one team has a core, one team has a bunch of players that have played together and understand, and the other team is the exact opposite of that. This game went exactly how you would think two teams playing like that with the lesser team on the road. Yeah, Oklahoma City has the talent. Oklahoma City is going to be able to be in a lot of these games, but um, winning time, that's where the Thunder are lacking. That's where they're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. And every little loss, every little bad possession here and there, it's for a better purpose. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be saying that a zillion times now, but um, really, I want to give you a chance, Madison, to bitch and moan about the bounce pass because <laughs> you did during the game when we were watching it. Yes, I did. And I don't think one bounce pass worked. I hate the bounce pass with a burning passion just because I think that that's something that works well in college basketball. It works well in high school basketball. I don't think it works well in the NBA because these guys are way too talented. They're getting paid way too much money to let a little bounce pass go past them. And so there was especially one instance I'm thinking of specifically where Dennis Schroeder, he tried to do this bounce pass between like three different Spurs defenders. And why? Why, why does he think that's going to work? Because it was another turnover and it... it I'm, it, it just was ugly. It really only works in transition, I feel like. When when yeah. I see it, the bounce pass, like especially with the Thunder's half-court offense, always seems like a complete and utter desperate last resort. I hate it. Um, Chris Paul did it a few times. to like Chris Paul can get away with it because he's so good, but the problem is Steven is not ready for that. He, he, he's not looking he for that. He never is. He's not looking for that bounce pass because he's not used to it. Yeah. What he's used to is a wraparound handoff pass that Russell would always do or yeah. when Russell would just basically jump midair, turn around, and shove <laughs> it back to him. Um, SGA is actually really good at the wraparound pass because he's yep. so long and he's so methodical. It's it's not necessarily him like you know throwing a fast pitch baseball at Steven <laughs> it, like from a foot away. He's just basically handing it off to him. But yeah, it seemed like the, like the bounce pass just wasn't working for the Thunder, and no. it was just a, a a small example to the bigger picture that the Thunder's offense tonight it it was on wobbly foundation. Yeah, um, Gallinari was not going to be able to play the entire game. So whenever he wasn't going to be on the floor, the Thunder scoring was going to take a hit. Chris Paul, the same. But then you get past Gallo and Chris Paul, you, you get to SGA, like we said, who had 21 points, which is nice, but I believe he had um, maybe 17 or 18 going into the fourth. Probably, so basically, yeah. like when the game was won by the Spurs, SGA was not doing that much scoring-wise, and they were doing a good job of packing the paint, making it difficult for him. For him. But... Um, Outside of that, like the one big, you know, good job. Here's a gold sticker um, for this game. From the Thunder's perspective, is just Hamadou Diallo. Yeah, I thought he had an incredible game uh, defensively in terms of one-on-one -on -one matchups. Now there were a few times, and uh, I'll give a shout out to Thunder Mob on Twitter, uh, Mr. Jacob. Uh, he pointed this out too. I saw it, but he he beat me to it on the on the tweet. So I just was like, he said it perfectly. I don't need to say it. Um, there was one play where uh, Diallo helped out on a um, uh, God. Who was it? He helped. He he helped double somebody, and it allowed the Spurs to find a wide open shooter. Diallo had no reason to do so. <laughs> um, a little overzealous, probably because he was having so much success defensively. He was getting steals. He was causing turnovers. Um, he was in good position, he had great feet and footwork, Was it was just on tonight. He mm -hmm. even hit a three-point shot, so good for Good, good for, for Hami. Good for Hami. Um, the thing with him is every every new opponent the Thunder played this year, it's going to be 
a wait and see for me on Hami because yes, he's played most teams going back to his rookie year in the NBA, but now he's playing now he's being asked to defend higher end level guys because of just the nature of the roster now. Mm-hmm. So every basically everything he's doing this year is still a learning experience. So when he goes out there and succeeds, great. That is a passing test and a good thing moving forward. Um, if he fails, it's like, well, he's still kind of an extended rookie at this point, and those are going to happen. But tonight was a really good Hamadou Diallo game, especially after uh, the uh, Orlando win where he didn't really do much yeah. at all. Like he, he had strung together a handful of games in a row of double-digit scoring. Did he have double-digit points tonight? Um, I believe he, he, had, he either had nine or— Yeah, he had 11. You know, nine or 11, okay. Yeah, so he, he did work. He did exactly what he can do offensively. He was cutting a lot, um, getting trash buckets, uh, running the floor in transition, doing a lot of good Hamadou Diallo things. So uh, good job, Hami. Um, that's pretty much about it other than Gallo scoring, Chris Paul scoring. Yeah, me. no, it really was because I really like Hamadou. He's starting to talk a little bit more out there. I like the way he goes after referees now because I think he's gaining more confidence on that end. So good for Hami. Now, he's not trying to, like, hurt them, No, 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 no. He's <laughs> not. No, no, no. Don't, don't think I'm saying that. He... Um, he kind of he's not afraid to argue his own now. He sta- he kind of stands his ground, and I like that about Hami. But did, did he get? He's gotten a technical this season, right? Yeah, remember like Hami got a awesome. tech. I was like, what? Hami did y'all got a tech? That that means he has to talk. Yeah, he. Gosh, that's yeah. different. But good for Hami. I like it. See, I like. I mean that and that he's a soft spoken individual. Yeah, he is actually kind of soft spoken, but good dude. Uh, yeah, I mean other than that, like Danilo was fantastic tonight. I made fun of him only once because he (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. It was a couple times, Um, but he the hair, the hair, dude, stop running your fingers through your hair so much because it just it looks like a mad scientist. And then there was one point he came off the bench and he was walking to the floor and he just looked like this crippled old man and very disgruntled and he's been hurt a lot madison yeah i get it dude you're 31 i know the bones hurt the play for the knicks so he was hurt physically and emotionally (laughs) he probably just new york will get you man he probably aged like an extra 10 years just being in new york and then bless his heart when he was sitting on the bench when the the game was about to end and uh you know the the Foxport Southwest, the Thunder Crew did their like player of the game, and it was clearly Danilo Gallinari. So the camera is like focused on him for like a few, like 15, 20 seconds. Gallo is like sitting on the bench, just minding his own business, and he's biting his uh, like lower, lower lip. lip. You know, he's like, it wasn't think, sexy though. Yeah, it was. He just had that like, just bite your just, lower lip, look in the mirror, and then rub like before that, rub your hands through your hair a few times and get it all frizzy and Afro-y. Mm-hmm. And that's what he looked like. That was Danilo Gallinari. That's your player of the game. That is the Italian stallion right there, Which, folks. Which uh, I don't mean to harp on him too much because Gallo is a man of, uh, he's got good taste, especially in fashion, and he can rock a... For sure. He can rock what I would probably consider a questionable look fairly well. He can rock the turtlenecks. Yeah. Oh, That's expl- all that matters. You know what, we... Have we you you and Connor talked about it a little bit? We talk about, about it again. a little bit. Keep, yeah, keep saying it into the atmosphere. I want to because I want to plug this as much as I can. So this season, I didn't even plan this coming into this season, but it kind of just happened because I'm a fan of the turtlenecks and I wear them frequently. I didn't even realize how many I had until I was looking in my closet, and wow, I have a lot. And so um, I wore a turtleneck to a game once, got a few compliments from it. And that very night, Danilo Gallinari was wearing a turtleneck as well. And I was into it. I'm like, okay, turtleneck, yes. 
And uh, we started the hashtag turtleneck gang. I, I say guess, we. It was I me. guess his will. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> and then I put him in the group, uh, even though I'm sure he has no desire to be in that. And then a couple games later, our good friend and your Sam Presti was standing on the uh, side of the court wearing a turtleneck of his own. So I forcibly put him in the group as and well. And it wasn't July. It wasn't July. It was actually cold this time. <laughs> it really was. And so he is now in the group. And then the last home game that we just had, what was that? I don't even remember. Monday night? Orlando. Tuesday night? The Magicians. Yes. The Magicians of Orlando. On Tuesday night, I was in another turtleneck. And I kid you not, Gallo happened to be wearing a turtleneck as well that night. So, And he recruited another woman who I have no idea who she is, but I would love to put her in. So, yeah, Turtleneck Gang, or sorry, hashtag Turtleneck Gang is going very strong here at uh, the franchise. I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, I don't think I've ever worn a turtleneck. I mean, I have plenty to spare. I don't think they would be the ones you would want to wear. I'd really only wear it if I was trying to cover up the fact that I had, like, vampire bite on my neck. Oh? You know. Who are you vamp- hanging out with? Vampires, clearly. Oh, okay, yes, you're right. Just cool, not mean ones. Like, not mean ones. Nice ones. Yeah, nice ones. But um, Stephen Adams had a good game. Stephen Adams showed up. He, he got some rebounds. He, he doesn't look as hesitant. When he does hesitate, he does it correctly. Like yeah. he, he had um, that one bucket in, or that one slam dunk in transition where um, he had two guys trailing him. Mm-hmm. He did. He he hesitated in the correct fashion. He didn't like completely bend over and allow his guys to recover. He just simply did a quick hezzy and then finished it with a strong dunk, Mm -hmm. something he wasn't doing in the first three or four games at all. Um, He was throwing his body around. And he's not broken, folks. He's not broken, but... um, Shockingly. That's... Every time he's on the floor now, I'm a little... I get a little worried. But he's... The last two games, he's started to look like his old self. Yeah. So that's, that's obviously a good sign moving forward. Um, and that's going to correlate with more experience playing with Chris Paul, so that should be getting better. And if Stephen Adams is just simply healthy and therefore the same type of player that we expect him to be, the Thunder's offense is going to be better. The defense is going to be better. It's going to help this team win more games. But um, a few things went into the right direction today. A, a few other things were just remained stagnant in terms of like the same mistakes were being made. Nothing new, really. Nothing really new reared its ugly head. Uh, I mean, the Thunder... They were just LaMarcus Aldridge, and Billy will probably say this in the post game because he's been saying it for the last few games. I'm describing the previous losses. He'd say uh, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell. The end of those games, those guys just got hot, and mm-hmm. we just don't have like we either don't have that type of player yet, or we don't know who that type of player is to take it home for us. And that's been the difference in those games. Yeah. And he'll probably say that LaMarcus Aldridge was exactly that. Instead of it being at the end of the game, in the final five minutes, it was just the entire... It was the entire game. <laughs> It was just the entire 48 minutes when he or whenever LaMarcus was out there. It was uh, it was ugly, but... Very casual. Um, Madison, we've already done a podcast today, so let's uh, let's close this one out. Okay. Sounds good, from, or sounds good with me. Yeah. Sounds good to me? Sounds good what? What am I even you. saying? It sounds, sounds good at you. I don't even know what I'm saying right at now. At Madison Morris, you cowards. Jeez Louise. Be no, nice on Twitter, though. I won't say who we did the podcast with earlier this morning. So this is Thursday. We did it around 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, but it's really cool. Really cool. Special guest. Um, Chisholm and I have already done two weekly shows this week because we did our weekly show on Monday because that's 
was our original plan, but mm-hmm. now we've got a live show every Wednesday at noon at the Press in the Plaza. Um, so whenever Madison is not working at her other job, I want Madison to be there so that she can enjoy a nice, lovely free meal from our friends at the Press. I love the word free. Uh, it's I had the grilled chicken uh, Caesar salad. Yum. It was awesome. And while Chisholm ate chicken tenders and french fries right in front of me, and they looked so damn good. And they smelled so damn Here's good. Here's Brady plugging his workout gurus the, again. No, no, good no. Good God almighty. No, no. He, he dipped the damn chicken in the honey, and it just made me, oh, I want it. <laughs> I want to swim in that shit. I'm just kidding. Go, um, Go no, swim in some chicken. No, but uh, if anybody's ever bored on a Wednesday around noon in Oklahoma City, coming over to the press, come say hi to us. But um, yeah. Yeah. Original point. I like we, it. We have two weekly shows this week in addition to all the reaction shows that we're doing. So we're going to hold on to this earlier episode we record today and we'll put it out probably next Monday. Yes. So be on the lookout for that. It's going to be great. And you also get to hear us again twice this weekend because the Thunder have a double header. Is they even call that a, a double header? It's a back to back. Basketball. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, double headers are baseball, hockey. Oh, soccer. Just kidding. I don't even know. But they do have a back-to-back. They're going to be back in Chesapeake Energy Arena on Saturday to host the Golden State Warriors. Quote, unquote, the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors. We'll see what kind of Golden State Warriors they are. And then uh, they're going to host uh, Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look at me being able to say that now. You did it. I still don't think it sounds right, but I'm working on it. So be sure to tune into that it's going to be a fun weekend full of thunder basketball and you will get to hear our voices so congratulations but the thunder lose it tonight to the san antonio spurs at 121 to 112 and they will be back on saturday as will we so we will see you guys then and have a great night Bye bye